Hey, listen, welcome to the Hey Listen Gamescast, episode 95. My name is Nathan Wagner, and joining me, as he does, as we do each week, Mr. Jeffrey Morse. Hey there, Nathan, how's it going? Good to be here, and uh, excited for our show today. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, me too. The Rob Douglas is unfortunately uh, not feeling great, so he begged off doing the show today, so we'll have to talk <laughs> about all the things we dislike about him. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, Age of Empires not going to be a top game, but never. Wow, man. We'll have to uh, kick him off the show whenever we do that, so yes. he doesn't moan too much about it. No, yeah, this is this is episode 95, and uh, we have some fun stuff planned for episode uh, 100. We're thinking about maybe doing like a top 100 games list of all time, so uh, let us know if you think that would be a um, fun segment that uh, you would be interested in hearing. Uh because I think it'll take a lot of work for us three to be able to, to collaboratively put together a top 100 games list. Yeah, for sure. And so yeah. uh, it'd be a lot of work, but I think it'd be a lot of fun too. So uh, let for us sure. know uh, what you think about that idea. For sure. On this episode, uh, we're going to be talking about some of the recent news. We're going to talk about um, the uh, Xbox has a new, cool new controller. We'll talk about the new Donkey Kong um, Cross Mario Rabbids DLC that comes out next month, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about the new Call of Duty. And then we're going to playstation and sony kind of released some comments about the ps4 and the end of that life cycle and kind of teased a little bit the ps5 i think so we're going to talk about today our uh, main segment is we're going to talk about what we want out of the next generation of consoles and we're going to talk about all three manufacturers sony microsoft and nintendo um so it's going to be a lot of fun so to start us off uh jeff do you want to talk about um donkey kong since i know you love the kong oh, so much i would love to talk about the big donk dk donkey kong adventure is coming out uh, next month like you said for mario plus rabbits kingdom battle and uh it looks awesome i've been really just waiting to get back to this game uh and for this dlc to drop because like um i got pretty far in the game and stuff but i kind of got to a point where i was kind of setting it down for a while and now at this point, I just want to go back when DK's there because I love DK, and the original game had that stupid rabid Kong, but no real DK, and I was <laughs> I was very offended. And so, uh, no, that I've been waiting for information, and they released today that uh, this is a really really big expansion. Like this isn't just like, hey, Donkey Kong's in the game now, cool, enjoy. Like they're doing a full on like entirely new like island area. Uh, where apparently you fight the disgraced Rabbit Kong as like one of the final boss encounters, which is kind of funny. But uh, you play as DK, Rabbit Peach, and a new character they just un- unveiled, which is Cranky Rabbit, which is you know Cranky Kong version uh, that is a rabbit. And he basically restores health by taking naps like a grumpy old man. <laughs> and he like shoots people with his like little cane. And DK looks amazing. Um, they really put a lot of time into making him really unique. Um, so he's totally different than any other character. He can, like, swing through vines and through the air. They really want to emphasize, like, his big arms. And so he can uh, pick up um, his allies and, you know, throw them across the battlefield like a football. Um, he can basically pick up other enemies and throw them at each other. You can even, like, grab rabbits that are, like, appearing out of the ground in mid-battles and, like, pluck them out of the ground and throw them off the edge. Um, he can throw his banana boomerang. He can do bongo drums to lure enemies in. Do you know crazy DK ground pounds? So they're really like doing an amazing job, like bringing all these different parts of DK from you know different Donkey Kong games yeah. and making this really um, awesome looking expansion with tons of new items. And this weapons, this takes place know. on a whole separate like area, like it's a different yes. island and stuff like that. Essentially, a whole yeah, separate it's all entirely new, complete campaign and chapter of Mario Plus Rabbids. Yeah, 
Which is awesome. Like, I mean, props to Ubisoft for doing that. I mean, I think when this game was revealed like a year ago, we all were like, uh, what? But then came out with this huge (laughs) success. People really enjoyed it. I know both of us have really uh, enjoyed our time with it. And the fact that they've taken their time with this, like, because they announced this back in January, and then I forgot it was even happening because they haven't said anything about it in, like, four yeah. or five months. I mean, we know Ubisoft loves, you know, season passes and DLC and stuff, so I wasn't really surprised when they announced this was coming out with DLC, but, like, this looks, like, really, really well-made, thought-out, like, handcrafted, you know, DLC. This isn't just, like, some cash-in DLC or, oh, DLC they worked on before the game was out. You can tell they spent a lot of development time once they finished the game working on this and it's finally coming out you know what eight nine months later after the game so yeah it looks awesome does look really awesome. excited and yeah. the music i gotta give a shout out to grant kirko he did the dk64 original soundtrack one of my favorite soundtracks and uh he's you know or- doing orchestrated remixes of like old donkey kong themes and i'm excited just to listen to the music too because I, I love dk music i think we might be playing some later in the show it's so just, it's awesome did they did they bring him in? Like, is he doing the music for no, this he, game? He did, he did the base game music, too. So oh, okay, okay. It's just I kind of a cool connection that. where he's like, oh, sweet, I get to play with Donkey Kong themes again? Like, I've done that, you know, once before, and now I get to do it again. So it was just kind of a cool, cool thing that he was already on the project, and now he gets to do DK. So. Sweet. Well, our next story is uh, very exciting as well. Uh, Resident Evil 7 is coming to the Switch. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, so... This is only in Japan so far, but Capcom basically announced that Resident Evil 7 Cloud Edition is coming to the Switch. And what this basically means is the game isn't actually physically coming to the Switch. You won't be able to download it or anything like that. But you will be able to stream a version from the cloud to your Switch and play it that way. Um, Mm -hmm. And did you look into this at all, Jeff? This is really, really crazy. Like, the internet kind of freaked out and was like, yes, but then they were like, no, this is terrible. Why are you doing this? Because... Yeah, I mean, it's it's strange because we've never seen a game streaming release really before. Like, you know, we have, you know, things like PlayStation Now, and Mm -hmm. I'm sure, you know, there might have been maybe some things on, like, Ouya and some weird things like that. But, like, really a game getting announced for a, you know, a port or something, oh, it's only via streaming itself and it's not part of a nintendo streaming service it's not a part of ps now or something it's just hey go give us 18 dollars and you can stream this game now <laughs> like yeah and the, the pricing is really interesting nowhere. too because it's um it's in yen um but the converted price is eight about 18 dollars um and you pay 18 dollars and you get access to be able to stream the game for 180 days so like half a year basically yeah so and, you have like six months to finish the game i guess and yeah then exactly so i can't and it is not this. a yeah, and it's not a download. Like it's a, uh, it's just streaming the game. So like you have to have good internet connection. Like yeah, you'd have to have a really about... good internet connection because one, like it's not even it's Capcom. Like you said, it's not Nintendo or even some major mm-hmm. thing. Like I don't know how much I trust whatever their, their whatever you're streaming or whatever. their servers. <laughs> yeah. And then also like I don't know if you've done PlayStation Now at all, but I think I did a trial of it and stuff a like bit, that. Yeah. And I played like some PS3 games on there. And it was cool and it was fun, but, like, I felt like a lot of the times, like, my input, um, you could input notice, lag, like, the input lag an and stuff like yeah. that was really frustrating, so. Yeah, yeah, that, that's definitely an issue, and then, you know, there's little hiccups and graphical fidelity isn't isn't as good and stuff, like, it's not perfect or anything, but, I mean, if this was an easy way for them to put Resident Evil on the Switch, like, cool, like, I don't, I'm guessing this was a relatively easy project and it was easier than full-on porting the entire game and putting it on a cartridge or something 
Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. And yeah, I'm also just, just PSA, uh, this is only in Japan, but you can download things from the Japanese eShop, like, you know, yeah, Switches. So you, ostensibly, you, know, you could go get some yen from, like, Japan, Amazon Japan or something like that and use the Japanese yeah. So if you wanted to play this on your Switch, you could do this. You don't have to live in Japan, necessarily. Yeah. But yeah, I'm sure. interested to see if this happens with more games, like maybe other third-party games, and maybe Capcom just starts dragging and dropping, hey, Monster Hunter Generation, or World, and all these other, you know, big games, Street Fighter Five. like, you can now just stream it on the Switch. Oh, gosh. Maybe they just even start like their own thing, like EA Access or whatever, where yeah. you can just, you know, pay for a monthly fee and stream all these different games on the Switch. I think that'd be pretty cool, but just this one game, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it's really, it'll be really interesting to watch and see what happens because, like you said, I'm much more curious about whether, if it does well, if other companies will try and follow suit and how well the streaming actually works and kind of all, all of those issues, but... It'd mm-hmm. definitely be really cool if I only have a Switch and I want to be able to play, like, a big third-party game that's not coming to Switch, like Call of Duty 4 or something like that. Because yeah. um, this would be the only Switch game that you can pay money for and you can't play when you go outside your house and go camping or yeah. <laughs> out and yeah, about. you'd have to have, have an active internet, internet connection so. and you'd have to have probably a pretty good internet connection. Like, you wouldn't want to go and play this in your local coffee shop Wi-Fi yeah. or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, that would just be frustrating. So, yes. I mean, it's kind of weird because that's you know the whole thing of the switch is the portability but this game probably isn't going to be very portable so exactly all right well our next news piece uh jeff you want to talk about this did you because you um they revealed call of duty last week new call of duty black ops yes. 4 and you yeah, watched, I watched part of the stream i watched about yeah the first half of the reveal stream it went way too long i watched like 45 minutes it was like a couple still... of hours or something like that right like yeah i could tell it wasn't like they had hardly even said anything so i kind of <laughs> finally tuned out but yeah, I mean, that, that whole press conference was kind of cringy. I mean, I'm not a big Call of Duty person. You guys know that. But, like, um, they were just basically just trying to, I think, appeal to all their hardcore fans, which is good. But as someone who wasn't really into Call of Duty, I was just kind of lost during the press conference. But um, basically, the big thing they wanted to emphasize was boots on the ground, which I guess is, you know, reinforcing, like, hey, you know, we're not doing crazy wall running or having, like, mechs or other things like that, like, it's pretty much your standard, you know, I guess, hardcore Call of Duty where you're running around um, in small maps doing things. And they really were emphasizing different, like, I think it's subclasses or uh, um, that you could play as. So, like, there's kind of like a more of a medic one. There's, you know, a more aggressive yeah, one so where you're you gonna can run forward and smash each other. A squad. Like, a lot of people are like, it seems like Call of Duty is trying to learn from Overwatch. And Yeah, exactly. It's pulling some things from, like, Overwatch and Destiny. The other ones were like, hey... You choose, you know, a, what class you are or what your your character is, and they have special, you know, abilities to attack and defend and do different things that are very unique and that can help your team, like help your team win. You know, with Overwatch, you know, you play if you play as Mercy, that you're doing that to help the rest of your team win. Oh, if you're playing, you know, Doomfist, you're doing that to you know help your team win in a certain way. And so, like, really finding a good team comp is, I think, finally going to try to be a part of Call of Duty, which I think is good overall. Like, it's not just lone wolves, I guess, doing their own thing. So, yeah. more, more team-based, which is cool. That's, I think that's cool. I think um, it is official. There's no single-player, like, yeah. narrative campaign. <laughs> the rumors There's are true. Single no single-player missions or something like that that'll kind of introduce backstory to these different characters yeah and it was that was the strange thing too because the whole press conference opened up with like a montage of all the campaigns from like the first three black ops games oh really 
Yeah, and so it's like showing all these moments with all the different characters, you know, all the fans are like, like <laughs> clapping, like, yeah, we love all these moments, and, you know, all this fan service. And then they go and they just start, start talking about the multiplayer, <laughs> then they talk about this new, like, Battle Royale mode, and then it's, like, done. It's like, wait, did you forget about the campaign? And then after the words, like, yeah, there's no single player, but we have all this other cool stuff, and there's three different zombie campaigns, which... I guess it's a big deal. Like for people yeah. like zombies, there's three different kind of modes to do that in. But and they didn't really show off anything from their new battle royale mode. It's called Blackout. Really. They kind of talked about how it's like the biggest Call of Duty map by like 1600 or something yeah. like that ever. Giant map, it's lots of players. Huge. Yeah. But, uh, but the only thing they really said is it will have land, sea, and air travel. So like usually, I, I think with vehicles and special things like that. You have to get like kill streaks, and there are like special perks and bonuses. But this is just there going to be boats and you know airplanes and cars littered around this giant map, kind of like PUBG or something, where you can mm-hmm. uh, you can ride those around. So, so yeah, I mean we'll have to kind of wait and see. But they did come out and say um, this week they confirmed that this mode had actually been in development since early last year, and so this doesn't. They're I think trying to say hey, you know. We've been wanting to do this instead of a single-player campaign for a while. It's not just because Fortnite is popular now. Like, we really want to do this big you know, mode, and we put a lot of development time. So we'll see, I guess, if it turns out to be worth it. But yeah. I know a lot of people are upset that there's no campaign. Yeah. So. yeah. But, I mean, I'm sure they have the numbers and can see how many people play the campaign, how many people finish yeah. the campaign, and stuff like yeah. that. And so. You know, if it doesn't work out like they want, you know, the next Call of Duty comes out next year, I'm sure there'll be a campaign. So Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, that that's the really interesting thing is this is because Call of Duty is technically three different studios. Is it just Treyarch who's not going to have campaigns or is that going to be every Call yeah, of Duty yeah. going forward? Going forward. Yeah, for sure. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, the next thing we want to talk about before we kind of get into the PlayStation news and next gen stuff is uh, Xbox came out and this was a video that dropped, I believe it was last Wednesday or something like that, recording this on yes. Tuesday, May 28th. And they are making... We have positive Xbox news. This like, is a really Xbox awesome news Xbox news. really cool. Yeah. yeah. So Xbox is releasing a new... They're calling it an adaptive controller, I believe. Do you, yes. Is that right, Jeff? Yeah, it's called the Xbox Adaptive Controller. And it's basically um, made for gamers with disabilities. Like, yep. it's not made for people like you and me who can just pick up Xbox One controller and play. It's for those people who can't, you know, really pick up and grab and use an Xbox controller because of maybe a disability or maybe they've lost, you know, a hand or finger or something like that. This is to give those people a way to play all games on Xbox, which is so cool. Like, I don't know why this hasn't been done before. Yeah, this is amazing. And basically what the controller kind of looks like, you might have seen a picture or a video of it, but it's like two giant kind of huge, like, discs or plates. Like, they look, they're look, they about the size of, like, dinner plates, it looks like, or something like that. And you can Yeah, well, kind of... the, the whole... Uh, Basically, controller is about the size of like a keyboard, I guess, uh-huh. and it has these two really big buttons, like you're saying on there. Um, and then the neat thing is it comes with all these accessories. So like, there's a bunch of different little mini joysticks. There's bigger joysticks. There's all these different buttons in different shapes and sizes. There's huge buttons, smaller ones, and you basically can just Plug custom wire. You it. need, yeah, yeah. And so you can customize the way you play it because that's what gamers with disabilities have had to do. Like they've had to make these crazy controllers and contraptions to you know play these games and so they can really customize it to really work for them based on you know what the that gamers need is and this whole thing was developed with you know disabled gamers like they lit microsoft brought in all these gamers who 
you know, wanted to, you know, play games at a competitive level, play Overwatch online and stuff like that. And they said, hey, you know, what would you want in a controller? Like, oh, like, how does this look? And they totally, you know, developed this in in partnership with, you know, gamers who needed this device. So I think that's super cool. And it just shows that, you know, even though this isn't a device that, you know, 99% of Xbox gamers will use, it's awesome that it's there for those who who need it. And I hope that we get something like this for all consoles. Yeah, this exactly. Is awesome. I, I would love to see this, something like this for switch and also for PS4 and whatever PS5 five ends up because yeah, yeah. Everyone should be able to play, you know, no matter whatever it is we don't want anything to hinder your ability to be able to play. So yeah. Awesome. On Microsoft's website, you know, they put a big blog post and talked about, you know, this guy who was a really big gamer and he played like competitively and all these things. And, there was like an accident. He basically couldn't, you know, play near to the level and couldn't do things anymore. And now with this controller, like you can't even tell that, you know, that anything had happened. Like if you were watching him play on Twitch or something like that, or just yeah. watching him stream, it would just look like a normal. Yeah, just just made you know pushing buttons and moving around like more accessible. So yeah. it, it's awesome. I'd love for Microsoft to even just allow this to work with PlayStation and you know, on switch and steam, you know, and, yeah. on everything. Yeah. I'd, I'd be really cool to see this just really get patches support for everything or, you know, old companies to make their own one too. But yeah, really, really cool. Um, awesome. Awesome to see. So good on, good on Microsoft for doing that. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Definitely check out the video. Like, yeah, there's <laughs> it's, a video. It's like good three video. or four minutes long or something like that. It kind of tells the whole story and does it in a really succinct and awesome way. So yeah, you're going to feel like you're chopping onions by the end of that video. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. So our last news piece that's going to lead into kind of our main segment for today is uh, Sony had like an investor meeting, I think, or something like that. And they were talking about yeah. kind of the future of, of PlayStation and what that's going to look like and all that stuff. And so they were talking about the PlayStation 4. And um, the first thing they said was the PlayStation 4 is entering the kind of final phase of its life cycle. And, and then everyone online just started panicking, going, "Wait, what? Like, I mean, the PS5 is coming out this fall. Like, wait, the PS4 is done. Yeah, What's there going was on?" Those rumors, like from a couple of weeks ago, where people were like, "The PS5 is going to get announced, like, and it's going to be coming out this fall." And there was all this crazy stuff, and people were like, "No, no way!" And then they say this, and everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, maybe they were right, or it's coming way sooner than we think." Um, they also clarified and said there would be support, and they would be actively supporting the PlayStation 4 until at least spring of 2021 i believe so at least three more years which puts the support for the system at what seven eight years like yeah so that would know make it, it came out 2013 so that would make it forever. seven and a half years basically um yeah and that would like be on par playstation 3 came out in 2006 the playstation 4 came out in the fall of 2013 so that was seven years well um, i mean and we're still getting ps plus games for ps3 until like next year so like i i I think they're definitely supporting the PS4 for at least, you know, three more years. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, if you don't sure. have a PS4 or, like, you've been wanting to get one or something like that, I saw someone tweet out and be like, oh, my gosh, like, I was planning on getting a PlayStation 4 because I'm graduating this year. I don't have one yet. Maybe I should wait. I'm like, no, there's tons of awesome games on there. There's still going to be games coming out for it for the next at least two years probably. And yeah. they shouldn't hinder you from that. I mean... At this point, like, I think every game that we know about coming to PlayStation is coming to PlayStation 4 still. Like, maybe Last of Us 2 could, like, 
be like a double release and come out in PS5 if it comes out next year or something. But yeah, like, or like Death Stranding or something like that. Yeah, like, we're, that we're, will also come out on PlayStation Four. It could. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it'll be a double release if anything, if it comes to later ones. But I mean, for me, I think people are freaking out, obviously, and people are reading too much into it. Really, what I read from this was, oh, you know, this is an investor meeting. He's going in front of his investors, and he has to, you know. Say you know what they they're expecting what for the this year. The company are and like yes, obviously they're going to be they're working on the PS5 that's coming within the next couple of years, whether it's you know one two years, I don't know. Uh, but he's saying, hey, we've put God of War out, we've put Horizon all all these amazing games out. We're entering the point where we're not going to sell more PS4s this next fiscal year than we did this last year. Like, we're, we've reached our peak. We've hit, you know, what, 80 million PS4 owners. This next year, we're still selling lots of PS4s, but our main profit's going to be coming from PS Plus, from, you know, selling game software, other things. Like, it's, as a, at a hardware point, like, it's not going to be the best-selling system It's not going to keep year. being like, oh, year over year, last April, we sold this many, and we sold 120% more this year or something like exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. I mean, if you think of, like, any system really the last couple of years like it's not selling more than it did in its heyday look at the wii like so like crazy for the first three or four years and then you know the last couple of years really you know the, those sales tapered off like those that was pretty dramatic i don't think the ps4 would be that dramatic but he's just saying investors you know don't panic if next year we don't sell more ps4s like, exactly we're slowly going downhill we're coasting up sending into the sunlight but, the, but no ps5 is not getting announced at e3 like everyone no. don't don't think that <laughs> I, I i don't think ps i honestly don't think we'll hear about ps5 until 2020 i think it'll be really interesting to see what microsoft and sony actually do after the switch where nintendo like was like yep. yes we're making the nx but they didn't actually officially announce it until like six months before it came out and didn't yeah, really give totally. a lot of details until a couple months before it came out so i they pretty much unveiled and released that console within half a year yeah <laughs> so. exactly and I would not be surprised to see something similar with Microsoft and Sony with yeah. PlayStation. We all have short attention spans, so I, I would not, not be surprised. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this leads us into our main segment for today. Uh, what do we want out of next-gen consoles? So since we're talking about Sony, let's talk about the PlayStation 5. Yeah. Um, what, do you, like, what do you want of, out of it? What do you think it needs to be able to do? The first thing I have on my list is just... Give me a reason to actually upgrade. Um, I know, Jeff, you mm. have a PS4 Pro. I have a standard PS4, like a launch one still. Um, games look awesome. I There's some things I know that like they could do better, and I've seen your PS4 Pro and stuff looks better on that, but like I still don't feel like I have a reason where I'm like, okay, I I can see this console starting to chug. Yeah, for sure. And you, PC, you don't... games on PC, ultra-high settings, just look so much better. I have to upgrade. So give me... Yeah. I want it to be the point where... I can actually be able to Well, when you see the PS5, you're like, difference. yeah, this doesn't look like my PS4. This looks significantly better. Um, and it has, you know, maybe whatever other features, you know, that gives you a, a real reason to upgrade. You know, you don't want to get it and have no games to play, right? You know, they have to launch it with the killer out. They, you and me, you know, we waited, what, two years, a year or two after the yeah, PS4 waited, came out before we picked it up because there was no reason to I get it the first year. Half. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like Destiny came out, I think a little before a year after the PlayStation 4 gotcha. came out. So, and that's when you picked yeah, your up. I picked yeah, about a year. Like a year and a half after. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, give us the reason, especially that first year. 
um, to get it because you know Sony's launches typically don't really come with <laughs> aren't usually that great or come with really that many great games or anything, yeah exactly you know? and that's kind of been the story of i think a lot of launch consoles like if you go back to like xbox 360 and xbox one and stuff like that there wasn't even a lot of great stuff um mm-hmm. that's why i think like the switch it sold part of the reason it sold so well is not only is it a great concept but they had such great that software first, lineup first year was the first insane. year was so <laughs> awesome um yeah, and we're kind of feeling good. the effects of that now you know we haven't really gotten any no exactly like the first half, half of the year it's been year, mostly but... wii u ports and then there's been like a creepy game and that's it so but like i'd rather have that than you know the other way around i'd rather you know have a bunch of good games the first year and then you know a little bit of a you know slouch for the next six months than have yeah. hey system with first six months nothing to play yeah because i feel like played. especially with the ps4 like especially first party wise I feel like they started didn't start hitting their stride until like they re- released Uncharted Four, which was twenty fifteen, yes. I believe, or something. It was like two years after the PlayStation Four had already come out. They yep. started releasing yep. must-have games. Um, so for me, something I definitely want to see is more four K. Which you know, PS Four Pro does do four K, but it's not like it's not the the end all four K machine. Um, what I mean by that is it does not play four K uh, movies. Like it doesn't doesn't stream um everything in 4k for some reason like only netflix and youtube and select things on amazon are in uh 4k but the providers have to have those available in 4k to be able to stream is that correct um well yeah but like for example like i own 4k movies uh, Uh digitally like through voodoo and movies anywhere and stuff and there's no way for me to play those movies in 4K on my PS4 Pro. Like, oh, really? I, I can't there's do no it. There's no app just, or anything like that. PS4 Pro is not a supported 4K device. They haven't updated it to play those things in 4K. So that's been really frustrating for me as an owner where I was promised, hey, you can stream in 4K. And, you know, really the only thing you can stream in 4K is like Netflix 4K shows, which are like original series. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's been a bummer. And then, you know, it doesn't have a 4K disk drive. Um, which is also stinks. Like even the Xbox One S has a 4K disc drive um, that you can play 4K, you know, discs in. And so I definitely want to see a 4K disc drive, you know, better support with 4K video streaming, um, and then just upscaling every game in true 4K. Um, all the big Sony games um, come out in 4K, but a lot of times it's like checkerboard and it's not like true 4K, um, which you know it's. A minor issue, I know. I'm, I'm sounding kind of like a graphic snob here, but I mean, every game, true 4K, you know, like the Xbox One X does. And then I want to see every game supported um, in 4K. You know, Sony, I think, could be bold and just say, hey, if you want to come out on, you know, PS5, you have to, you know, have a 4K patch. It has to be able to be playable in 4K because that is, I think, the future of TV. And 4K TVs are getting cheaper and cheaper. And so I want every game to be released at playing 4k right now it's really frustrating because there's not like an official sony list of 4k supported like games so you have to go through all these like forums and like weird sites to say okay which games do what in 4k and oh this game kind of does 4k oh this one does it with hdr and like it's total total variety of like what is and what isn't so i would like sony to clean up that system and put something you know on the back of the box or in the psn store that very clearly states what 4k features it has because that has not been a fun consumer experience yeah. for me. Would you pro. would you want that to include like all their indie games and smaller game initiative as well to also have a 4K patch? 
Um, so obviously, that's the way the industry is going, but I I think for smaller games and smaller devs and stuff like that to require that would make it even harder to get their games on consoles. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would, but that's that's where the industry is going. I think I think they could totally do that, or even have some disclaimer with, hey, you know, if you're a small team, something, you know, put out your game within six months, you know, you got to hit, you know, a 4K patch in there or something like that. I think that would be. Uh, I think that would be a little more doable. Again, I'm not a developer, but I, that's that's what I would want to see. Yeah. I want every yeah. game to have true 4K and not just checkerboard not just or, checkerboard. oh, it doesn't do this or it doesn't do HDR. And, oh, you know, I want it to really uh, make a difference. Yeah, so. and I, th- I think that's where both Microsoft and Sony, the next generation of consoles, will go is yep. true 4K. Everything will be, will be like that. Um, for me, one of the big things I want is backwards compatibility. And that's like, it's been really frustrating for me uh, with PlayStation 4. Like they have PlayStation now, so you can rent that and stream PS3 games and stuff like that through that. But I have a ton of old PS3 games that I can't play on my PlayStation 4. And I can't even like download PS3 games that I have digitally and play them on my PlayStation 4. Like Mm -hmm. I have to only have it on PS4 unless it's been brought over and extra work done by the developer. So I want to be able to play, obviously, all my discs, but all of my digital titles as well on PS4 and yes. have those libraries completely totally. cross-platform. Oh, like, I would not hesitate to upgrade if they announce backwards compatibility. Like, if they announce PS5, like, I'll probably be there, like, day one or that first year if I can play all my, you know, PS4 games right in there. Especially, you know, if I, they're up into 4K. Like, that would be amazing. Um, I would, yeah. I would totally be there, but... If it doesn't have that, I'm going to wait a year or two and say, ah, I'm happy with my PS4 Pro. I'm going to keep playing on that, and I'll get the PS5, you know, in a couple of years or something. So, yeah, that yeah. would be that would be huge. I, I totally I agree. agree. And I th- I feel like they almost have to because Microsoft has done such a good job with backwards compatibility. It's such a consumer-friendly yes. device yeah. and service and such a big selling point for them with Xbox One. And they released One. some numbers, and they that's been a huge success. It's not just, hey, this is a feature that no one uses. It's, yeah, everyone's using this. And it's like doubling or tripling our games library. And people are, you know, best-selling games are games like Red Dead Redemption and stuff that we've just brought over for people to play. So, Yeah, exactly. That would be... That would really really awesome i'm also like i know every console has bigger hard drives and stuff like that but i'm a little bit worried about true 4k games because they take up way more space even than like games on blu-ray and stuff like that now and so i hope they figure out a good way to make sure either make those smaller or give us really big hard drives or do it in a way where it's not doesn't make the console too crazy expensive like ps3 Or, you know, just, you know, put the games on the disc and let us play them off the disc and not require us to install the entire disc. You know, that, that'd be that'd be a nice way to save some memory. That would be great, <laughs> but I seriously doubt that'll happen. We'll see if there's e- we'll see if there's even discs. I think there'll still be physical media, I'm sure. We're not yeah. quite to the point where it'll be all digital, but that'll be really yeah. interesting. I, I think the last big one for me is uh, crossplay. I would love Sony to finally embrace crossplay, um, allow you to play with other consoles. Um you know, they're the only one, you know, PC, Xbox, and Switch have multiple games that you can play across all those platforms together. Um, but Sony, you know, does not allow that. And I would love to see that policy change. I think crossplay is the future. I mean, imagine how cool that would be in a couple of years where you can play with any friend and you just say, hey, do you, do you have, you know, Fortnite 2 or whatever game we're playing in five years? And, you know, it's and it, it just a yes or no question. It's not, oh, do you have it on PS4? Like, you know, you just exactly. can play any game with anyone, no matter what their device yeah. is. Yes, and I think PS5 is a 
great time to actually do that. Like, obviously, with PlayStation 4, they're like, no, we don't want to do it because we've sold way more PlayStation 4s than Xbox Ones. And so having kind of that's a reason for you to get a PS4 is because you want to be able to play with all your friends and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. when you start at PS5, it's a reset. New people can buy an Xbox or a PlayStation 5, and hopefully they embrace it um, because... Like like you said, Nintendo and Microsoft have been really consumer friendly and have been supporting and encouraging um, crossplay, and that would be such a yeah. nice the PC and you know phones don't have any of those restrictions. They just let people do whatever they want. So like, why why bother with this going forward with the PS5? Like, it's just going to get more people upset. Like, yeah, exactly. Come on, exactly. I mean, if Nintendo can do something online that Sony can't, that's when you know it's bad. <laughs> that's when like, you know on. it's pretty bad. That that's a great that's a great way. Cool. So moving on, then I guess let's talk about the next Nintendo. And I don't know if this is going to be like a Switch revision or the Switch 2.0, or because I mean the Switch just came yeah. out like a year ago. So what like yeah. what do you think they we're, should we're do? We're probably not going to see a full. I don't think we'll see, a full, see a full next gen new next sure. gen console until like probably five years or something like that, um, unless yeah. like. Nintendo's just completely on a different schedule than Microsoft and Sony at this point. Like, yeah, <laughs> they're the whole power thing. I don't know what developers are going to do. It seems like more and more games and engines are a lot more scale scalable because of PCs and stuff like that. And they'll probably keep mm-hmm. releasing games on PS4 and PS5 for at least a year or two after yeah. release. I mean, with how how good the Switch is doing and how Sony and Microsoft are going for power, I think Nintendo's going to stay on this path. I don't think they're going to be going for 4k they're not going to be going for yeah you know a powerful machine whatever their next system is it's going to be another handheld console hybrid i think that's where they've seen success they completely have always you know dominated the handheld gaming market outside of you know the mobile iphone uh era but um yeah so i think whatever their next thing is it's i just want to see a bigger screen on like whatever the next switch or console is how much um, how much bigger because i actually really like the size of the screen like i like it because the fact because i have a case and i can just pick it put it in that case carry it really easily throw it in a backpack or like my wife can put it in her purse or something yeah. like that and carry no, it I, around easier so i don't want too much of a bigger screen i guess for sure no i, I agree i don't want it significantly bigger i want it just very slightly bigger like even if you look at the switch it has like this black bezel around the corners that's like a half an inch or so all the way around just like Getting rid of that and just filling the entire, you know, device with a screen is basically what what I'm looking for. Okay. Like I just want more of a full view. The device doesn't really even need to be that much bigger. Um, I like you said, I love that portability too. Just making it slightly bigger, slightly bigger screen, um, I think would go a long way for sure. So yeah. that's that's a big thing I I think of when I first think of the next Switch. Like if they announce a Switch XL, I would be very tempted if they you know had that bigger screen that looked really nice. So. Um, and then you, I think I'm going to take one of yours, but I would really yep. love like a better kickstand or some kind of stand. Obviously we've seen. <laughs> it's terrible. Nin- yeah. It's so flimsy. Like if you're trying to play like, like nin- you remember Nintendo had those commercials of like the switch playing it, like on a road trip Rooftop or playing parties. Mario Kart and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. If you actually try and do that with your switch, like you can't do it because any slight jolt will just make the whole thing fall on its yep. face. They, they just need to make a big kickstand like the uh, the Microsoft services have, where it's just like it fills the entire back and you just snap it out and it's right there. Just like it could be super thin, but if it goes all the way across the switch, like that's so incredibly stable, it's not ever going to fall down. So that's a simple revisionist design. I wouldn't be surprised even if Nintendo just 
started doing that all switches, you know, within the next year or something just said, yeah. Hey, you know, we're just going to fix this for all switches going forward. Cause whoever thought of that dorky little kickstand, like how did that pass product testing? I don't know. Uh, I don't uh, know. One of the only things, you know, I don't really like about the switches design, but yeah. Um, another big thing is I want, um, more backwards compatibility stuff. Um, yes, you know, virtual console has been on every other thing. You can play those in other systems and, you know, I, you buy the Switch, you buy new systems to play new games. But we've never gotten, like, GameCube games, like, really re-released before. Yeah. Like, this has never happened. Give me, like, a GameCube, like, Games Pass type service where it could be a monthly fee. It could be part of Nintendo's online Jeff, service. you're breaking it my heart be... right now. Like, you're saying I have to wait until a new Switch revision or something comes out. <laughs> like, I'm going to have to wait more they years They could do this until on this the happens. current Switch, too. Yeah, but th- this needs to be fixed. If this Switch goes its entire life cycle and doesn't have GameCube games, like... This needs to be first on the to-do list for the next system. Like, just give me GameCube games. It's not that hard. Like, give me access to, you know, a big library of them or, you know, have different featured titles every week. Something. Like, I want that. And then, you know, uh, going along with this, with backwards compatibility, um, I want, I think it'd be really cool if you could play DS and 3DS games in the next, um, you know, device. The Switch cartridges are pretty much already the same size as DS ones. So, like, it's really the only thing you can make the Switch backwards compatible with, like practically, because like, you know, yeah. you could modify it so it could play DS and 3DS games, but you wouldn't really need to add a giant slot like for Game Boy. And obviously playing discs on a handheld doesn't really work. So um, I think that'd be really cool. And they could come up with some type of emulator that would allow you to switch back and forth between the two different screens, which... Um, you know, could work and stuff. So I, mean, they I think it's definitely possible. Wii U, so they could yeah, exactly. It out. <laughs> they figured out a way for you. Um, I have a huge collection of 3DS and DS games. I think it'd be really cool if I could also use my my Switch to play some of those some of those old favorite games. That, that'd just be a cool cool new bonus. Yeah, so. I think that'd be awesome. I seriously doubt it would happen because everything is going away from physical media instead of towards it. But oh, me too. That, but that'd uh, be really cool. This is, this is things we want. <laughs> true, true. This, this, this is what we want. Um, I guess the all of the other stuff I have is just stuff that I've been talking about Nintendo for a long time, like better online, better infrastructure of how everything works, and I feel like we've talked to that to death. So overall, like the actual design of the Switch, I'm pretty happy with. It'd be nice to have a better battery life and maybe figure out how to put the power so that you D-pad. can plug it <clears throat> from the top. Um, yeah, D-pad would be great, but. <laughs> Overall, it's a pretty good design. Um, For sure. And there's just yeah, little just, things they can improve. These on. are just little things. That That's, you know, the thing you're saying. Like, the little D-pad in, having some, you know, updates to the online and, you know, giving us older games to play, maybe increasing the screen a little bit. Just all these little things, just making it a more pleasant experience overall, which is why I think they're going to stick with the Switch branding for a long time. Like, they're yeah. just going to make s- small incre- incremental upgrades and keep this keep this going as long as they can. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they will. Cool. Uh, so then our last one is Microsoft. And I have no idea what Microsoft's going to do. Like, yeah. what are they going to call the ex- next Xbox? <laughs> Xbox, <laughs> Xbox two, One X. Xbox 5 <laughs> or 4, whatever it would be at that that point. And, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what They're happens. Xbox One 2. They also talked about how, like, when they first announced Xbox One X and Xbox One S, they were like the hashtag was beyond generations and how they're trying to go away from generations and they're not going to have that anymore. But then I kind of think they still will at some way or another. They have to have have some kind of cutoff. (laughs) So it'll be really interesting to see what happens with that. Um, 
but what's something you want from whatever the next Xbox is? Um, I think at this point, you know, Xbox, you know, needs to really do something different, something drastic to, uh, you know, get fans back. You know, I was a big Xbox 360 gamer. I played that a ton and I loved my 360, but I haven't had a reason really to get an Xbox one. Um, and I've kind of thought about it every now and then, you know, Oh, it can stream 4k and Oh, there's a couple of games I'd like to try out. But really one of the things that's stopping me is paying for another online service. Like, you know, I'm already paying $60 a year for PlayStation Plus. I'm going to start paying $20 a year, you know, for Nintendo's. That's 80 bucks a year. If I get an Xbox, too, and want to play those games online, like, that's another $60. That brings me to, what, 140 bucks a year to play my these three Just different, you know, online. consoles online. Yeah. And so I think if they cut their Xbox Live um, price, that would get me interested in this in this next system. And a lot of gamers saying, oh, wait, you're still offering a server that's very comparable to what Sony's doing, but for like half the price, like 30 or maybe $40, and even maybe having, you know, some extra discounts or different ways that you can, you know, have those free games still with Xbox Live Gold and stuff. I think that could be a really big selling point or even, you know, going down to an almost free level where, hey, you know, it's like PC. You could, hey, That'd be an easy thing to market, you know? It's like PC. You already have internet. You can just play your games online. And, hey, we'll give you some extra bonuses because we value you as an Xbox member. So I think that would be huge for Xbox and could win back a lot of uh, gamers to the next Xbox. Yeah, and I think they're... I think you're not too crazy for thinking that. Like, I feel like this... Like, the last year or two, they've been focusing a lot on just being really consumer-friendly, doing everything, and making their ecosystem just a really great place to live. And... Um, one of the things I actually want is for them to go all in on Game Pass, which they oh excuse me, bump the mic, which they just announced. Um, and every first party game is going to be coming to that platform. You pay ten dollars a month, but I think they could do something where they get rid of Xbox Live Gold and you can just play online for free. And then they say, hey, if you want to be a part of this program, you just need to pay ten dollars a month or whatever it is, and they get not only all first party, but they get more third party games in there and stuff. Like um yeah and sure. really just focus a lot on that um and make that kind of the big focus that value the and console. accessibility yeah, yeah that'd be really cool i mean they could even just release the next xbox as like a cheaper alternative saying hey you want you know the ultimate 4k experience we have the xbox one x but hey here's a cheap you know 150 dollar xbox that's just pretty much a streaming and download box it doesn't play discs but it has you know comes with a free year of game pass you know, it's $10 a month after that. You can play online for free. Any game you've ever bought digitally on Xbox 360 or Xbox One, you already have on there. And you can just stream any of these games or you can download them. You can expand your hard drive, you know, um, if you want to. But, hey, just put that really cheap base price out there and really focusing on that Game Pass style, I think, could be um, a really new strategy that would work. Like, I would be tempted <laughs> to get a Xbox that was $100, $150 that I could you know, try out all these exclusive games I've been missing. So. Yeah, exactly. And giving people options, just like they're doing with Xbox One S, which is the cheaper version and One X, and allowing people to kind of have different options to choose and cater what they want um, would yeah. be really cool. Uh, the only other other one I had was just, and obviously they know this, they've talked about this a lot, is uh, just more exclusives on Xbox One. Yes. <laughs> they, I believe it was a couple weeks ago, it was announced that Microsoft um, is setting up a new a quadruple a studio in like the santa monica area down in california basically 
Are they stealing Santa Monica Sony Studios? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of there's Sony Santa Monica. There's a lot of other video game studios down there um, as well. So I mm-hmm. think they're putting it there because hopefully they can bring in some great people, not only from yeah. Sony Santa Monica but other studios and um, and this studio sounds like they're going to be focused exclusively on making huge new triple a exclusives that you can only play on xbox um and i think they need to do more of that like the biggest reason where's crackdown (laughs) three i don't know the biggest reason i don't have an xbox um one is because the exclusives that are there like don't interest me and there's not a ton of them like last year it was forza or forza seven and uh halo wars two (laughs) were their only exclusives the whole year um so they obviously just need need more reasons to own an xbox yeah, um, more more big exclusives is always always a plus. You know, that's what ultimately I think sells consoles. If hey, you know, I get the Switch. You know, Smash Bros is coming out this year. Yeah. Oh, I know the next Mario and Zelda game I'm going to want to play. Or hey, I really want. I really like Last of Us or Uncharted. I want to you know see how that story ends. I'm gonna you know get the next PlayStation. So finding a way to do that, you know, outside of Halo, they don't really have a yeah, lot they, of they need new big IP IPs too. that like they can Gears of War really, and Halo at this point. And they need other other titles. Like, they don't really have a third-person game. They need a third-person game. But they need other games besides just shooters as well. Yeah, I mean, and things with shooters, like Halo and Gears, like, it's really hard to reinvent those, right? You know, you think of the new God of War game. It's totally different than the old God of War games. It's a totally new take, and it is an amazing game because of that, um, which is so cool. You, you know, you think of things like Last of Us, where they had made... Jack and Daxter, they had made, um, what well, I'm blanking, but you know, Uncharted, uh, Uncharted, uh, Crash Bandicoot, you know, all mm-hmm. these different games. Uh, they make two or three of them, then they move on to you know a new idea. Um, and so, so Microsoft doesn't really have that. You know, the Halo teams just works on Halo, and they only work on Halo. Halo, it's never yeah. really that different. It's not reinventing itself like God of War, or Breath of the Wild, or Mario Odyssey, or something. So, yeah, yeah, so. Yep. For sure, more exclusives. Give us, give us those games, Microsoft, and we'll be there. So. Yeah, and I don't know. I'm, I'm really curious to see what happens with Microsoft too, because they just released Xbox One X last year, so I feel like they won't release a console for at least a couple more years. And what that looks like, it'll be all very interesting going forward. Yes, for sure. Yep. Cool. So then we're gonna finish off today by uh, doing what we always do, talking about what we've been playing. And Jeff, yeah. you've been playing a couple different things on here. What do you want to talk about? Yes. Um, well, let's talk about the one we both played this weekend, uh, some Splatoon 2. We uh, played some Splatfest, and it was kind of the finale Splatfest. And uh, we all represented uh, Team Donatello. We played with the uh, the Shelton bros, Anthony, and <laughs> our host here on uh, uh, Spreaker, and, uh, of course, his Steven, brother, yeah. Uh, Steven. Yep. So we played for a couple hours, and it was a ton of fun. I, I missed grouping up with friends on Discord and um, having fun on Splatoon, so that was that was a lot of fun. I just didn't want to put the controller down. So that yeah, was, no, that was awesome. that's the longest I've played Splatoon in probably six months. Like playing nice. for a couple <laughs> hours straight, and um, I think the tournament idea was really cool, where they had the four different Ninja Turtles, and one weekend it was this, and the next weekend it was this, and it kind of all sequenced up as yeah, well. So that was an interesting. Fest, yeah, cool. it reinvented Splatfest and made people come back to it and be like, "Hey, okay, you finished this weekend, now come back next weekend." I think it was a really cool way to kind of change up Splatfest a little bit and make. Yeah, um, and get... they they added in like a hundred new pieces of like, um, clothing and gear and stuff like that too. So like, mm-hmm. I was all into. 
going in, checking the store, you know, upgrading different outfits and getting into, you know, uh, that part of Splatoon as well, which is always a ton of fun. So, so yeah, that was, that was awesome. I really, really enjoyed uh, playing that. Splatoon's yeah. always a great game to go back to and uh, jump into things like Splatfest and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, other than that, I was uh, playing some Burnout uh, Paradise Remastered on the PS4. I uh, started playing back, picking that back up again. And, man, that game is just so satisfying. I just sit there and play it, and then just I just find myself laughing, like, whenever I crash. Because <laughs> you just crash, like, just so ridiculously over the top. You know, you go flying over mountains and, start, you know, start these giant pileups. And so it's just so fun because I just go as fast as I can, just hold on the boost button until I inevitably crash. And I just, that gameplay loop just going really, really fast and crashing just never gets old to me. <laughs> so I don't know about you, but that's how I play Burnout. And it's 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 always a lot of fun. So. Yeah, and it's like the crashes are always really epic and they have great like replay shots and stuff like that too. So it makes it a lot more fun to crash. Yeah, like it's not frustrating when you crash. It's yeah, satisfying. exactly, <laughs> exactly. So oh, I, I would I would kill for a new Burnout game. I, I really, really love that series. I'm hoping the remastered, paradise uh uh sold well so we hopefully show ea that uh hey you know let's make another burnout game that'd be be a lot of fun so so yeah still still having fun with that game um and then i also went back to celeste this week um and just gosh that that game i think is still probably my favorite game of the year um at this point we're almost halfway through the year and uh i went and started the heart of the mountain which basically you had to 100%, 100%, I think, four different areas in the game to basically unlock. And it's basically like a final kind of challenge um, level for the game. So had a lot of fun with that. Um, master, you know, you have to really show a lot of mastery of the mechanics the game has totally taught you. And so now I have stepped into mastering the B-side, which is basically crazy expert mode remixed uh, versions of every single chapter in the game. So I'm about halfway through all the B-sides and... I've put like almost 15 hours into this game and I'm still like trying to collect everything and complete all the B sides. And there's just so much content and what initially appears like a very small, simple platformer. There's so much depth to everything in this game. So I'm really, really excited that I can just keep on playing this game and yeah. it keeps on giving. Are you so. still going to try? Are you trying to get all the strawberries in that game? I am. I am. Yeah. So uh, I don't know my total count off the time I have. I think I'm around 160 or something like that. I don't know. Oh. How many total there are, but I'm I've got a majority of them. I'd, I'd say probably over eighty percent. So, still working on finding all those, and that's very satisfying when you find where those are hidden and and grab them. So, and it's just it's not a pain to backtrack and replay levels again. It's just I find myself just ooh, let me go over here and collecting strawberries I've already gotten and stuff just because it's it's such so so fun and you know such great design. So yeah, yeah, definitely definitely pick up that game if you haven't got it yet. It's awesome. I played most on handheld on the Switch too, so a lot of fun. Nice. That's awesome. Cool. Well, I have been playing a couple different things. Um, I wanted to shout out really quick uh, Super Mega Baseball 2 on the PS4. Um, This game (laughs) got a demo. I don't actually have the full game, but I got a demo and I heard people talking about it, so I downloaded it. And it's a really fun, like, arcade-style baseball game that has some actual depth to, like, the different pitching and hitting and stuff like that. And I've... You can only play exhibition games in the demo, but... I think I've played three or four games and really, really had a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, nine inning games? Uh six in I've been playing six inning games, so they're okay. a little shorter. So it takes like maybe twenty to thirty minutes to play a game or something wow. like that. So um I've, I've been had a lot solely of fun trying with to that. get you in baseball in real life, so this is uh, encouraging for me to hear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um it's a game it's I think it's thirty dollars right now and it's like 
I think I'd rather just pay a little bit more money and get the show. But if it goes on sale for like 15 bucks or something like that, I'm totally interested in getting it. So that's kind of a cool game. If you enjoy baseball, I totally agree. At $30, it's, it's a pretty cool game. It does a good job, you know, filling that arcade baseball gap. But with the show with how amazing and well made that game is like, it's, it's worth it just to pay the extra, you know, 20, 30 bucks and get, get the show for sure. Yeah. So hopefully um, it goes on sale or something soon and maybe we could all pick that up. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, but the other thing I did, which is insane is I think it was on Saturday, Saturday morning. I picked up my 3ds and started <gasps> playing it, which <laughs> I haven't really done since the switch came out. Like I went back and was looking at my play um, history and I hadn't like played my 3ds in like a year <laughs> or something like that. That's hilarious. Yeah. So I originally picked it up and went back and played a little bit more of Pokemon moon. Um, cause there was all the Pokemon switch leaks and I was like, Oh, I want to play Get Pokemon. Excited. Um, but then I went back and I got links awakening on virtual console a long time ago, like on sale or something like that. And I had never really progressed any at all in it. And I figured out what to do and found the first dungeon. And then I played like five hours of links awakening this weekend. Like, <laughs> It was so awesome. I have beaten the, the Zelda dungeon. fan in you is just like, why have I waited so long? Yeah, exactly. Like it's such a good, um, like smaller style, you know, two D style Zelda game. Yeah, and I've beaten the third dungeon so far. The story is just hilarious because there's so many Mario things in this game. Like I knew there was yeah. <laughs> there was like chain chomps wow, wow. and Goombas and stuff like that, but I didn't realize how, like almost every single enemy I see, I'm like, oh, is that a shy guy? And I looked up like what do I do with this shy guy? And then it was like, no, it's not a shy guy. I don't even remember what the name of it was, but it looks exactly <laughs> like a shy guy. And yeah, so it's such a weird crossover. Like you can find Mario sleeping in bed. There's these two guys who look like Mario and Luigi. And so like, I have <laughs> you no know, idea. Miyamoto just had, had a ball at this game. Yeah. And the story is really funny. Like it's, you're just kind of going around these Island. The characters are really interesting to talk to. And it's not like there's an impending doom. You're just trying to wake up the wind. Yeah. Fish. The lighthearted feel is definitely, uh, a lot different and it's actually fits it really well yeah if, if it's i'm just impressed with great. how well that game plays with the limitations it had with not only technically but physically with only using really two buttons and then like a d-pad and select and start like it's amazing like it still feels like a really solid easy to control zelda game with such yeah and it's, it has controls. like some deep mechanics like you can switch out so your sword isn't always on a so you can have two different weapons a and b and um you have to do that sometimes uh in the later dungeons as well so it's a really, really fun Zelda game. I'd always heard it was really good before, but never really actually checked out and played it. And I'm really enjoying it. It got me to go back and play my 3DS for like five hours. So There you I go. Will... Link's Awakening yeah, huh? on, the, check it out. on the virtual I, console. Check I'm going to go back and uh, hopefully finish it, I think. Well, uh, hopefully you defeat the other bosses a little easier. Uh, I, I oh, wouldn't yeah, you play the same boss the like 10 boss. times. <laughs> <laughs> I died a lot. Hey, I, I think I had the most trouble with the first boss. The other two I haven't haven't been quite as bad so that's just you and every zelda game remember it was the same with skyward sword you couldn't beat the first boss for like five hours yeah i don't know something something or other makes makes me struggle cool well i think that is going to be about do it for our episode this week um and uh we are going to leave you with donkey kong country country tropical freeze uh windy hills windmill hills windmill hills excuse (laughs) me the the title is uh covered up but this is from Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, inspired by the remake or release on Switch a couple weeks ago. And yes. it's awesome. Pick it up if you've never played it. Amazing game. Yep. All right. We will see you guys next week. See ya.